guys ready to go? Hey guys. Bienvenidos. And welcome to the Latino Card. I'm Nicole. I'm Rebecca DeLeon. And I'm JJ Saldana. We're recording in the Radio Boise studio and we are interviewing uh, today Officer Ed Moreno from the Boise Police Department. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast uh, today. Thank you very much for inviting me. Excited to be here. So we wanted to have Officer Moreno on to kind of talk about um, his role and what he does. So he's actually the Boise Police Department's um, Hispanic liaison. And so I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about what that role is and how you got into this uh, position. The role of a Hispanic liaison is basically uh, someone there to connect that bridge with the our, our Hispanic community. We've realized that uh, Latinos, fastest growing community there is, and um, we want to make sure that it's not uh, the community's not forgotten. My role is to kind of advocate uh, for, for the community, as well as educate. Uh, and I'd say educate because that's uh, it seems like that's the uh, a main driver uh, for this role. And, you know, always educating our community as to what uh, resources we have within not only within the department but within our community. Uh, resources that um, they might our community might not know about or have access to so that's uh, in a nutshell that's kind of what I do mm-hmm. I'd imagine it would keep you super busy because I, I mean you said we're the largest ethnic community but we're constantly growing so I mean, imagine that's keeping you really busy constantly growing constantly changing you, you know we were talking earlier that uh, that for me that's kind of considered like an ancillary duty even though my official title is a neighborhood contact officer uh, with the city of Boise, mm-hmm. with Boise Police Department. But, um, oh boy, it's almost a, a full-time <laughs> right. position. So how did you how did you get into this? Why, why did uh, the Boise Police Department um, decide to have a Hispanic liaison? Uh, that um, was something that was brought up by our current chief, Chief William Bones, uh, he's the one that uh, brought it to my attention. Um, I, I, I don't want to take any credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd like to say that uh, early on when, uh, when I first started getting involved uh, in, in our community, uh, I, the, one, the one department that I reached out to was the Idaho Commission on Hispanic Affairs. Um, and I knew that uh, just based on my research and based on talking with some of the leaders in our community, one being Belia Paz, um, informed me that uh, they were they do a Hispanic Youth Leadership Summit uh, every year, and I figured, well, that's a good starting point uh, to kind of start getting involved and in, in getting our police department involved. And um, I think it was the the second year that uh, we were involved in in that uh, the leadership summit uh, where Chief Bones uh, started. Uh, really talking to me about oh you know I, I'm thinking about getting a, a Hispanic uh, liaison, uh, and then he would would <laughs> kind of I, I guess try to recruit me. Mm-hmm. Said Ed, since you're doing it, maybe uh, you can do it. <laughs> so you you know for me it's it become personal and because growing I mean growing up, I grew up in California Central Valley, a uh, little farming town outside of Fresno uh, we didn't have they didn't have any of what we're we're actually doing up here so I, I actually like to think that uh, I think we're at the forefront of, of, of doing the, the outreach mm-hmm. 
you said that your title was like a community engagement type, but you're also like covert, wink, wink, like the Hispanic liaison. <laughs> Why do we need a Hispanic liaison and not like a white people liaison? I'm playing, I'm always like the devil's advocate in every conversation. So how come you exist and you're so, you work so well with the Hispanic community and there's not a white you that's doing the same thing? I think it's because... Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to laugh at you, Rebecca. That's a really good qu- way to yeah. put it. Somebody out there Someone is asking that ask question. that question, yeah. Yeah, and you know, so yeah, somebody out there is, is asking the question as to why... It, and it comes back to a vulnerable communities. I mean, you know, everything that we do is, is catered to the public in general, and in Idaho, most of the public is, is considered white. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what it's catered to. Uh, and as a, as a liaison for the scap- Hispanic community and, you know, for the or other liaisons for the refugee community, the LGBT community, they're, they, they target certain communities uh, for the outreach and the education to make sure that uh, some of those group vulnerable groups uh, don't, don't fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Well, and this kind of um, segues to what I was going to ask about was the Spanish classes, because when I was posting them online, I was getting a lot of people responding to me saying, well, why don't... Why more people just learning English and why is it important that these officers are taking the Spanish classes yeah can you tell us first of all a little bit about what JJ is talking about the Spanish classes yes so we offered uh, Spanish classes this uh, March it was offered to the whole department in general as uh, as a conversational version because there's two versions of it in the conversational and then we got the law enforcement version coming up is basically offered to all employees within the Boise Police Department officers and civilians to give them another tool to that they can utilize when someone walks in uh, to the front desk uh, the front office there and asks for for an officer and maybe they have a question uh, again that that person um, uh, administrative assistant who's up front can engage engage with them, talk to them, and answer at least the very basic questions as to what you know answer their answer their basic questions. Uh, for officers who might not know Spanish, uh, it could be a life and death situation. I mean, I you know I've I've been to calls where I'm uh, you know they have asked for a Spanish speaking officer and. I, it might be 10 minutes before I get there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a long time. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. And I've been to uh, calls where um, literally I'm glad I was like the second officer on scene. And I was, it was pretty quick that I was on scene. And I, and, and this call in particular in general, I, I can remember was uh, this family that was driving their 10 uh, year old daughter to the hospital. And literally, I mean, they're running through stop signs and stuff because she's unresponsive. Mm-hmm. And they end up, um, dispatch uh, uh, ends up uh, what we call toning out the call, which is an emergency call mm-hmm. for officers, you know, when they tone out a call. And uh, they say that they're having a hard time uh, understanding the, the people. And then um, one of the dispatchers, I think, spoke Spanish, and she was able to relay uh, that uh, their daughter was unresponsive that they were going to the hospital so at that time we had them pull over uh, into a parking line they pulled over at the, the which, what's now the right a there on in 16th and state mm-hmm. okay. and uh so we got the, the paramedics there and, and uh, one of the uh, there was another officer ahead of me and i was the second one on scene but yeah i mean when we got there uh you know immediately you pull that little girl up and start cpr and, and ambulance i mean 
it's situations like that. You know, I was conversing with the family because they were obviously distraught, mm -hmm. obviously in shock because their daughter um, uh, was un un unresponsive. And uh, you, you start communicating with them, you start comforting them, um, getting them to calm down because obviously pa parents are very upset. Yeah. But, you know, I, that's an example of, of, you know, you want that communication there because uh, someone who doesn't communicate uh, well in Spanish could interpret, you know, mom being hysterical or, or maybe uh, suspicious. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just you just don't know. So how scary! Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that there's an Ed here, and <laughs> I see that they they've kind of spread that way. Like the Twin Falls Police Department has a Hispanic liaison now as well, and so um, I'm hoping more agencies decide to do that because I think it's really crucial. I'm sure you get called from people from not just here in the Boise area. Yes, um, I, I get called uh, quite a bit, uh, not just here for Boise. Um, the last agency I helped was, I think it was a month ago, uh, and that was uh, uh, Meridian Police Department. Mm. Yeah. And I know that, so for my organization, we do um, domestic violence and sexual assault prevention, and we, we focus within the Latino community. It's a, it's a national nonprofit organization, and we have found that so many times um, when police officers don't speak Spanish and they're called to a house where there's been a domestic violence issue, um, the officers will have the children translate. And there's so many reasons why that cannot happen and why that doesn't work. You place the child in a, in a position where um, they, they feel like they have to choose sides or like if I tell this officer the truth, he's going to take my daddy away. Plus, I mean, the language itself is, you know, translation is a different skill than just being bilingual. Um, you know, so we obviously do not want children translating, you know, in hospitals for their parents. We don't want them translating in in um, situations of violence. Um, but it does happen. So can you t can you speak a little bit about um, what happens when you can't be everywhere at all times and what happens then and how do officers respond? Yeah, you, you, I mean, you're absolutely correct. Uh, when you arrive to especially domestic domestic situations are, are a very good example of. Uh, you know, you have if you if you're having children interpret translate for you, um, it does put the child in a in a very difficult situation with the, with the parents, um, and and that's it, it, an ac excellent example um, with the domestic situations. Um, we always try to avoid that, um, especially with domestic situations, because that's when you want to you know separate everybody, uh, especially the kids, uh, because. Um, and I say especially the kids because kids will always tell you the truth. Um, I don't think I've ever had a kid lie to me. <laughs> they, they, they will always, always tell you the truth. Uh, but we have other resources that uh, officers utilize. Um, and uh, the one that, I mean, and I've used it as, as kind of a, a last resort is the language line. Um, that's that's the one that's kind of like the last resort for every officer to use and, and basically language line is you call uh there's a phone number that we call a phone bank and the person answers and you tell them what language you want and then someone calls you back and then you kind of put it on speakerphone and you kind of translate do the translation that way mm -hmm. um, now uh w we actually have uh, a bank of translators that, uh, interpreters that we use in officer Jessica Perkins who, who is a refugee liaison uh, that's one of her main duties is um, keeping up with that uh, that bank of, of translators 
um, and, and she has quite an extensive list. So mm-hmm. um, if you're if you want to do it, yeah, <laughs> it actually pays pretty good. Yeah, it's, yeah. Nice. She was she was asking me. In fact, she was asking me the other day. She's mm-hmm. like, "Is there someone that you want uh, you know, translating from Spanish?" Mm-hmm. She's like, I, "I already have some already, but mm-hmm. if, if you want me to put someone in, I will." Nice. Uh, so she's already, but uh, yeah, uh, we have those, which is nice because if uh, if we have a situation uh, where we respond and and they speak Farsi or some right. Arabic language, mm-hmm. uh, we go to that list that she get, gave us, and then uh, you know it's got several people on there, and we just go down the list of phone numbers, mm-hmm. and uh, someone, someone usually answers, and then uh, they either come to us uh, and then translate that way. Mm-hmm. But again, as a last resort, uh, we use the, the language line as one, one resource. Well, and, and back to why Boise Police has decided to, you know, invest in having someone like you do all this community outreach. When great investment, lo- by the way. Yeah, it is yeah. a great, great it's investment. It's not a criticism. Uh, when, when, you, um, when you look at the, the Hispanic population and the Latino population in Treasure Valley, comparatively, Boise doesn't have as many Latinos or possible monolingual Spanish spe- speakers as like Caldwell or Nampa. So why, why is Boise PD having you do this? <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I think there's a high concentration uh, of Hispanics and, and Latinos in, in, in Nampa and Caldwell, mm-hmm. uh, but we we have a we have we also have a, a concentration. I think ours are just a little bit they're they're spread out. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Nampa, uh, you'll have a high concentration Northside, for mm-hmm. example. There there's a high concentration in the north side. In Caldwell, there's a high concentration in the east side. Uh, they're they're more concentrated, and so um, there there seems to be that's where people focus. Whereas in Boise, I think they're they're more spread out. And not only that, but during the week, I think uh, we have uh, an even higher concent- uh, population of, of Latinos and Hispanics. Is they all come to work. Mm-hmm. They all come to yeah, work. Yeah, Boise here. is the center of work for a lot so, of industries. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially I mean, especially now nowadays. I mean, shoot, I think there's this hotels going up left and right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, service service work. A lot of service workers that, that come here. So, um, uh, you know, Boise, <laughs> and, and I, I get asked asked that question as to why Boise. I mean, I I understand that some some departments don't have the resources um i mean there's i know there's been years where even us they've told us okay you guys are not doing this you're not focusing on these minor crimes you're mm-hmm. focusing on these because uh, it, it just the money the money's not there mm-hmm. uh, i think right now people that are in, in our leadership positions they all see the value mm-hmm. of, of having having uh uh layers uh, layers on especially for the, the hispanic community uh, that can uh, uh, mitigate a lot of the the calls for ser- mm-hmm. for servers where it's only you know Spanish speaking only. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, and if I can comment, kind of like from the outside looking in, because I I don't know if you remember, but you and I have met years and years and years ago, and it was just you had a, a booth I think at like the Hispanic Cultural Center, and we've run into each other a lot of times since then. But you know, I always have my own booth. Are you being arrested? That I am over here. No, <laughs> it was community. Sure. engagement JJ Saldana <laughs> so anyway but I, I remember I, I started talking about you I was like oh my goodness there's this officer named Ed Moreno and he's everywhere like every time I go to an event there's Ed and he's got his Boise Police Department set up there and he's talking to the people um, 
you know, and a lot of people that I, I speak with, they will, they really um, respond very positively to that. And they're like, really? Wow. Like, is, does he speak Spanish? And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of mm-hmm. why he's here. And <laughs> there, I, I can't tell you how many, especially young Latino boys, have responded with like, really, can I do something like that when I get older? And I don't want to put him on blast because he's going to hate me for it. But my own husband is like, I want to grow up. I want to be a police officer. And I want to do what Ed Moreno does. And his, there are members of his family who say the exact same thing because they're like, we want to show Latinos in the community that cops are not just the guys who are pulling you over for no reason, who are obviously targeting you in a different way that other people are being targeted and are something to be feared because that, that is the kind of the pervasive um, the way that police officers are often viewed by Latinos simply because it is true that we, we get pulled over for no reason and it, we are treated a little bit differently. And so to have an Ed Moreno show up to an event and say, you know, we want you guys to work with us. This is a partnership. We're here to protect you as well. And here are the laws. That, you know, that goes back also to just representation of you can't be what you can't see. And so having you be out there and you be a, a positive force is bridging the gap between or bridging communities, building those bridges between communities um, in a way that I think maybe is not celebrated as much because it really does make a powerful impact, um, especially, I think, on young Latino boys. You know, like when I was growing up, what got me into it was the fact that the neighborhood that I lived, my best friend, his brother-in-law was a deputy sheriff, Merced County deputy sheriff. I thought always thought it was cool. He'd come home with a police car. Uh, <laughs> it yeah, is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, he, cool. yeah, he'd let us see uh, every once in a while. He'd let us go into in it, and you know, we'd play around it with it. And uh, then he would uh, be our coach for basketball. Um, and again, it, I mean. It, him just being involved and um you know he invited to us to some of his functions where there's police everywhere and i mean it that's kind of the, the what what got me into it and I'm, I'm and that's kind of what i'm trying to do uh let other uh, youth see that hey you know there's someone there that kind of looks like me and maybe i can do it how does someone go about becoming a police officer I, like we said we've had several that's people right. who said yeah. i want to become and we would love to see more latinos as Absolutely. police officers yes um what i tell uh, people the main thing is get your education <laughs> that's what i tell people uh for boise police department in particular i mean you need 64 credits which is equivalent to uh junior college uh and that's that's the basic the minimum uh and you know you need to be, tw- be 21 years of age and then uh if you do apply, we we hire. It seems like we're hiring every year now, <laughs> throughout the year. We're, in fact, I I know we're doing two academies now per year. Uh, we just nice. did one in January, and there's one coming up here in July. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I I grew up not always not in the safest neighborhood, but you know, we all make choices. I have friends who made made bad choices, and um, I can tell you, there's probably there were probably times where. Um, if I would have made a different choice, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. That lifestyle was—I knew it wasn't for me in the long run. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but I had some—you know—my mom and my dad. Um, they were always, always La there, <laughs> making good choices. And once you start to process, if if someone does uh, apply and starts to process, I always tell them, be honest. Uh, what uh, trips up a lot of people is that they lie. 
during mm-hmm. the process. You cannot lie during the process. I mean, you know, if you've committed a crime, if uh, you did drugs or whatever, just tell them that you did. Uh, otherwise, it's worse if you don't tell them and then they find out. Mm-hmm. Then they'll they'll kick you. Well, I just have one last question just to close us out. What would be... You know, why would you like to see more Latinos in Treasure Valley law enforcement, whether in signing up to join Boise PD or in other law enforcement agencies in the Valley? Well, I'm hoping they would uh, join Boise PD. (laughs) 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 That's what I'm hoping they do, because, you know, I won't be doing this uh, all my, you know, all my life. My, <laughs> oh, my, we're gonna keep you. <laughs> yeah, my time. You're not you don't to get retire. to retire. No one <laughs> yeah. told you that. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't yeah. read the fine print. <laughs> I know. I, I hope I get to pass on that torch to somebody that's that's uh, uh, up and rising and and uh, sees the value for for what it is. But um, no, I I hope we we recruit more, uh, especially the native Spanish speakers. Um, if you're out there. Please apply. Uh, we we definitely definitely want you. Um, I spoke to a young group of, of, of girls uh, last month over at the Hispanic Cultural Center. Uh, I think it's Cuidate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, with uh, Ana Ana Maria. You see. Yeah. Oh no, that's the quinceañera program. Ah, quinceañeras. There, there you go. I spoke to them, and I mean, I told them, I go, if you are interested in a career in law enforcement, especially with the Boise Police Department. You're female and you speak Spanish. You're gonna have a job right away. You, I mean, you're gonna have a job. Um, right now, we don't even have any Latinas in our department that are officers. Yeah. We don't. Uh-huh. We have one African American female, uh, and that's it. I mean, just kind of give you a perspective. Mm-hmm. My goodness. So uh, the one. The one Latina that I can think of, and she's a, a victim witness coordinator, and she was a, an officer uh, down in L.A. Uh, for LAPD. Her husband is a captain, uh, Captain uh, Tim Kukla, and her name, Norma Kukla is her name. Um, but other than that, that is it. If you're out there, please apply. You can totally make a difference to our community and uh, continue on uh, on this path and just br- continue building that bridge. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Thank you, we do appreciate it. Yeah, um, thank you so much for coming on and talk with us. Um, and that is it for us today. You've been listening to the Latino card. So thanks so much. Hasta luego. <laughs>